another episode of Actors Inspiration with Amber Wagner. Fourth time is a charm. Woot, woot. So today, <laughs> today, I'm just going to say, girl. I know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not acting with joy at this moment. I am filled with joy at this Yay, moment. Yay! <laughs> cup overfloweth. So today, I'm so excited to introduce you to my listeners, Sean. You are such an inspiration and a voice of reason. You're an incredible husband, father. You're an extremely successful businessman. I am proud to call you family. And um, I was trying to think about what we were going to talk about today, being that this is an Actors Inspiration podcast. And what came to my mind is to really talk about the pillars of success in in your life and ways that you have found success. But first, let me just introduce Mr. Sean McMillan. How are you, Shawnee Mac? Oh, Amber, Amber, I am filled with happiness and joy. I'm looking at a glorious sunny day here down in Southern California, West LA, blue skies. I'm talking to one of my very favorite people who I find great inspiration in. And uh, it's a it's a wonderful way to start my day. Uh, well, it's not actually the start of my day, but it's a wonderful way to tune my mind for the rest of the day. So I'm excited. There you go. For that. There you go. Yeah. And so thank you for that. Um, so when I was thinking about, you know, I was kind of making my notes for our for our podcast today, and I was thinking about the fact that you literally have built and and created success all around you. You have four incredible children that are all extremely successful in their endeavors. Cami is an amazing, talented, uh, you know, commercial producer. You've got your son off to college who, you know, played football um, at UC or USC and then went on to do new endeavors um, where he's at in Utah. Your daughter's at Boston College. Charlie is like an incredible athlete. He's good at every sport that he touches. Your wife, Jill, has an amazing catering company, Mac and Ivy. And then your real estate company is flourishing. So what do you say are the are the things that you can, you know, drive some of the success? Where does the success come from? Well, you know, that is, uh, first of all, thank you. And you listen to it and I, I can, I can add to it and I, but I listen to it in its totality of how you introduce that. And I go, Oh, Hey, I, yes, I have accomplished some good things because there is a, a, a mechanism inside of me that says there's just so much more to be done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's part of it. I guess there's a part of drive, but it, it really, the pillar, the initial pillar, the foundation, I should say, comes from, if I may, I'm going to borrow actor's inspiration. I'm going to say it's a little bit of that methodology from Strasbourg. Mm-hmm. There is, there is a, a meditative relaxation component mm-hmm. that is the framework for the day. It is literally the first focus of the awakened morning. Mm-hmm. How do I get my mind straight? How do I get you know the sleep rust off my body? Do I feel restored? Let me commune a little bit with my natural organic self. Let me come into a framework and not have my thoughts run my mind, but my mind orchestrate my thoughts. And I think the meditative process, uh, however you may want to achieve it, but I use it in a combination of reading inspirational poetry. Uh, I use scriptural verse. I use uh, anything that I can find that is a good vibrational thought. It's just mm-hmm. something that's positive, but I also try to immerse myself and, and I go outside and I listen to the birds chirping, waking up to the morning. And it just kind of fills my ears with 
I am, I am an organic living being and I'm having this amazing experience. So I really try because like anybody, I have massive amounts of stress to create mm-hmm. what I've created is work and toil. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the thoughts can run away. I can get crushed by anxiety. I can get crushed from apprehension uh, and prognostication, uh, uh, not prognostication, procrastination. Yeah. You know, I, I can really find myself log jammed or distracted. I'm the master of feeling like I'm productive by doing busy work mm-hmm. instead of sometimes the hard work. So I would say, Amber, that the very root of this all starts with the meditative process and starting to visualize and imagine the day. Now that's taking place through the course of many days in advance. I have a calendar, you know, it's an autofill calendar. So I can, I can, I can have an overview of what my responsibilities and obligations are, mm-hmm. but I, I also have to learn how to manage the energy for each one of those endeavors, the focus mm-hmm. and the energy, because they're all different subjects from my, my nonprofit housing, uh, homeless project to my, uh, environmental cleaning project to my real estate company to all the people that work for me and uh, and then of course all the people that I love and connect with and and then I have to have me time so what I found is that me time is the awakening consciousness the very beginning so I think that's the first part yeah uh, you know I, I I think of I have more of an imaginary vision board but mm-hmm. it's exactly that right what am I trying to achieve I have an expression that uh, when people ask you, well, what's your goals? What, what is your objective? What are you, what are you trying to do? And, and this is where it, this is a fundamental conscious decision that I have to make every single day. But the philosophy is I want to be in on time, in time, all the time. And that's kind of a heady statement, but the objective is, on time means being present where I'm supposed to be at the moment. Mm-hmm. What in time is actually being with you in that moment. I'm not on my phone. I'm mm-hmm. talking with my friend, my family, Amber. I'm sharing thoughts and philosophy with your listeners, which I'm thrilled to be able to do because your listeners, if they take anything like you or they're anything like you, are people I want to associate and be uh, connected to. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's on time, in time, present in the moment. And then all the time to try to make that an everyday practice and all day practice, because boy, I can future trip all I want. I mean, I don't know. I saw a notification. The property taxes are due soon. No, well, I, that's I, fun. You know, right. I can, I can crumple under the floor on, yeah. on the weight of the financial obligation or whatever other tuition or whatever grade or somebody testing positive or, you know, 10 billion things that come into our everyday consciousness. So I have to weed that out and really focus on, where am I at this moment? Uh, you know, we have a, a lot of stimulation, a ton of information, really hard to process and super easy to distract yourself from the work. And, and what I refer to the work is my goal, my yeah. goal of being on time, which is actually my biggest challenge. Mm. And that is where I say I'm going to be, be where I'm supposed to be. Uh, and, and, um, prioritizing that and whatever effort it takes to make that happen, to be a person of your word, Mm -hmm. which I think is a fundamental principle of character. Mm -hmm. And then to be in time, which is okay. I am going to zero out all the other stimuli. I am going to not be distracted by 
a cell phone or a thought or a calendar or anything that flitters by or what is my mission? What am I supposed to be doing at this moment? This moment exactly is talking to Amber. This is where I want to be focused. Now, when I'm finished talking with Amber, then I need to be, I'm trying to get back on time so I can do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And where am I supposed to be next? What's the next obligation? Yeah. Yeah. And this all applies to, you know, the, the mindset of success all applies to any profession. And I truly believe that even though you have a different profession than an actor, you have the mindset of success, which and the, the ability to, like you said, be present, be focused when you need to do the work or be present with somebody, you turn everything else off so that you can focus on the work. The principles of success apply no matter what it is you're attempting to ch- achieve. Now, I feel like with uh, the one thing that I found, and I'd love your thoughts on this, is with acting or being a musician or some of the art, you know, artistic paths and careers are not always linear. They're not always, you know, step by step by step, A plus B equals, you know, it's like when you start in real estate, you start as an intern or, you know, however you start and then you get your first, you know, I I don't know how it goes because I don't do real estate, but my thought is there's a ladder to climb. And with artistry, it's not always that way, but it doesn't mean the mindset changes from success just because you don't get success in the way you have maybe in other careers. What's your thought on that? Well, uh, that's a, that is a, a wonderful thought process anyway, just to listen to you say that, because I will say this. Philosophically, um, I took a note from an artist named Marcel Duchamp, and he was mm-hmm. a very influential artist who created a, a movement referred to as Dadaism. And in Dadaism, it was this idea that everything you do creatively, anything you do throughout the day, is a creative expression, ergo, an artistic expression. Mm-hmm. And in that artistic expression, you are putting things together from your experiences, from your knowledge, and even from your sense of adventure to craft or create something. And, and interacting with people, to a large degree, is an actor's profession. Mm-hmm. How do I adapt to somebody? How am I present with them? How is my eye contact? How am I emoting? How am I relating? Am I listening? Are, are we exchanging energy? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the mastery of, of sales is actually acting. Mm-hmm. I may not totally agree all the time. I have an ethical and fiduciary responsibility to, to do my best for the benefit of others. I have to put them first and forward, and I have to make sure their interests are protected and they're guided and nurtured. But by the same token, I need to be able to kind of guide them and help them relate to what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what an actor does with the with an audience. They can do that with simple tools of their craft that I'm not so aware of, but I know you know and study and, pre- and prepare for, which are nuanced, you know, the idea of an eyebrow or a breath mm-hmm. or a, an expression. And, and so in, in my profession, there is always this idea of trying to mirror and relate and connect with the person or the party. So I would suggest that there is a process of, of uh, yes, there's apprenticeship and as you grow and as you develop it, but the more quote unquote real you are, the closer you relate to that subject or that person, mm-hmm. the more connected you are and the more connected you are, the more bonded you are and the more bonded you are, the more trust that you create 
And when you create trust, now you have a relationship that can be exchanged. Thoughts and information, feelings and emotions. So sales in real estate, because these are big subjects, these are big numbers, they symbolize a lot of things for people, mm-hmm. are, are really a dance of connection, of intellectual connection, of emotional connection, and even a sense of empathy and understanding, and then, you know, kind of a a mastery that comes with that just through experience. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, you know, you you brought up money, which I think is such a huge conversation and is such an interesting relationship that so many people have with money. And you deal with, from what I've seen, you know, a lot of your clients are buying very high-end homes. They are, you know, they are not inexpensive homes. And you yourself, from what I imagine, do very well financially or well financially. What would you say to people that say money buys happiness? <laughs> oh, you heard me chuckle because that's the first immediate response. And that yeah. response is that response is because it's a subject we all circle around, right? So Uh money represents something else. If we were to peel away the layers of what it represented to us, I would suggest that it offers a sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. It has a sense of, of spontaneity. It has a sense of gratification or pleasure. You know, it, it, it unlocks these things. Theoretically, it can be traded for time because it will afford you the ability to sustain yourself. So it's a unit of measure that we all as, as, a, as a species agree to trade, which is a very interesting concept. Like, hey, I'll collect a bunch of this and I'll give it to you so I can go do that. Mm-hmm. But what is this? Is it actual food? What represents it, right? So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a marker. Well, money represents all those things and more for people. And it is foundationally a sense of security, but I would argue it's a false security. Yeah. You know, when, when you find yourself with a very serious illness, heaven forbid, or you find yourself in a, a country where there are very terrible and, and horrific things taking place, or you find yourself in a, any number, or, or even an automobile accident, you, you're, you're, you're on your way to something and all of a sudden, whoop, the left turn and there's a problem here mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're derailed. The, the money is simply a vehicle or a, or, or I would say a, a tool to use to transfer, but it's not the end all. In fact, I would argue if you peeled away what was important about money is it would be more oriented to a sense or a, an affirmation that I'm successful in my endeavor. People mm-hmm. are recognizing my achievement and they're willing to give me money for that experience. Mm-hmm. They're willing to, to do that. So I would say if you do something for the sake of money, well, isn't that kind of the oldest profession of all? Isn't that just really, is that really you crafting? Is that you really creating? Is that really you being your highest and best source? Or are you able to continually do the art for the sake of the art, the creation for the sake of the creation, and allow it to be its own form of abundance and allow it to be the satisfaction of knowing you've done the job well, that you are a flaming torch and that you are just using all the energy and experience and consciousness and tools that you have for the betterment of the world around you. So I would argue that the ultimate thing is a, is a drive towards significance, yes. significance of what my life means. And what I have found is in the pursuit of significance and in connecting and serving others that, that the money follows that as a resource it leads it so it's easy to be distracted at it because it's the shiny coin it's the it's the easy unit of measure 
but it's just that it's just a unit of measure. It's not the significance of who you are or what you've created. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so many times when I hear people say, you know, when I make X amount of dollars, I'll be happy. No, it's like, no, because then then there'll be a new measure after that. You know, that's been my experience in watching people with money. When I have this, it's like, no, it's like getting happy now, finding joy now exactly where you're at is the ticket and not like, you know, especially with actors, I've, I've shared this a lot is if you rely on your art to 100% pay your bills, you may suck the life out of your art and to allow other ways of income to support your art so that you're not suffocating your craft. You know, it's like anytime that your wife as Jill so kindly offers me an opportunity to work with her, that's supporting my craft. That is investing in what it is that I'm working toward, you know? So I have no ego or anything about what types of ways that I can create income it's supporting my craft, you know, and I'm just so grateful for every opportunity I get to support my craft. Well, I would dare say, Amber, that in your, even in whatever endeavor that you do, right, to support your craft, you're applying the skills of your craft. Mm -hmm. it's, it, you never stop working. You never stop evolving. You never, I mean, you might take time off and you may restore and reset and all the different things that we may do, but we apply those skills constantly. I am sure that in the course of having to do what you needed to do to, to support your craft, you don't always enjoy it, but that's okay because it is a basis of understanding and knowledge and experience that you can use and, and put forth out in an expression of some sort. If, if something's frustrating or a personality is difficult and you have to interact with them and you're annoyed or peeved a little bit, you know, that's an emotion, that's a feeling, that's a recognition. So that when you're in a scene or a, uh, and you're trying to convey a certain amount of emotion, it's a tool that you have. It's in your toolbox. Like, hey, mm -hmm. this is what my peeved face looks like. This is the feeling that I'm connecting to of, of uh, well, just even in the beginning of this conversation, that the, the, the beginning part was really true and genuine. Like, oh my gosh, we finally broke through the technological barrier to connect. <laughs> and I'm really happy. And I'm genuinely happy. And then what's really interesting about that, and, and that kind of goes with some of the neuro-linguistic stuff, like where you're, where you're really tying together your thoughts with physicality and breathing and energy. You know, I tell people the real magic to me in life is understanding that everything is energy. Mm -hmm. And that the mastery, the true mastery is to transform energy, to take whatever it is, if it's sorrow, if it's anger, if it's happiness, if it's, if it's, it's uh, uh, some form of energy that you are coming in contact with for you to be able to take it and mold it and redistribute or send it out in another way, in another form, that's an expression of you. And I think that's what we do when we relate. I think actors and actresses have a very important job, in fact, and the reason I think it's important is I think that they allow people freedom to mm. learn how to express themselves, to explore themselves, to push themselves uh, and their own personality by looking at life through different lenses and perspectives. I mean, one of the greatest acting jobs I've ever seen in my life that it is literally a film that, it, and you know me, so you know who I am. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm kind of a, I'm a big, thick, physical guy. I'm kind of, I would, do, I, I, yes, I'm in touch with my feminine side, but I tend to be pretty full of testosterone, big male energy and gregarious, et cetera. But I will tell you that Meryl Streep in the bridges of Madison County yeah. can, make me cr can make me cry every single time. Yeah. And 
you know, relating to that or, um, and, and in that sense, I think the responsibility is, is true that actors and actresses can help other people understand that it's through connection that we exchange energy. And when we exchange energy, there is a, it's almost for lack of a better word, magical. It's even more than that. It's almost like a holy bond. It says, I'm going to trust you mm -hmm. and I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to share some of my fears and my anxieties and my, what I know or I don't know or whatever those other ranges of experiences are. And then together we're going to transform that perspective and make it something different. And yeah. I think, I think in today's world, changing that, that dialogue or that narrative is incredibly important. Yeah. And you know, you, it's, we are all in service, right? You are in service to your job, to your family, to yourself. I am in service to my character, to the story, to my fellow actor. And it's all, even when I'm working with Jill, I'm in service to her company. Like it's all about being of service is also the way that I look at it because in giving back is I feel like how we keep the wheel moving. You know, what, what, what would you say about service? Well, uh, service is, huh. So here's the thing. I, I like to express this with my children when I'm trying to teach them a little bit about life and the meaning of life, the significance, because when they're growing and they're developing, they're very egocentric. They're very, you know, they're about themselves and which is reasonable. They don't have enough broadband to understand that. Actually, I would argue that the human species is one living organism. It's not billions of different living organisms. I think it's actually one collective uh, mm -hmm. organism. We all have responsibilities to one another, which is why you want to be a good custodian for the environment, or you want to be a peace and loving kind of person, and you want to be able to do the things that you can do to help other people. So, but what I express is this, I go, let's think about something that is really pleasurable. And, um, and let's say that uh, you've, you've worked all day, you've had a, a wonderful day of, of just achievement and you celebrate with something that you really enjoy. So like, like for me, I love an ice cream sundae, like the mm -hmm. chocolate sundae with the chocolate syrup, the whipped cream, the cherry on top, the vanilla ice cream. I wait till it melts. I want the almond nuts on it. I want the whole thing. And I have that sundae and it is so gratifying. It's so satisfying. It is so, oh, just delicious. And, but I believe it's been made special because of the fact that I had to, I, in my own brain, earn it. I had mm -hmm. to, I had to bring it into my life and, and it's a reward. Well, what, what happens if I were to have a Sunday uh, once a week, I would say it dilutes its special, it's, it's magic. I would mm -hmm. be a little bit more like common. And what if I had it every single day? Mm -hmm. I, I would dare say that I would probably get sick of it. Mm -hmm. But what if, what if I took that pleasure that I experienced with that one Sunday and I gave it to somebody else and that didn't have a Sunday mm -hmm. and I can see that person light up with what that experience is. And they relate to this joy and this care that somebody else thought of them and gave them something that they really had treasured and enjoyed. And they wanted them to experience it. Mm -hmm. And I liken servitude like that. I think to serve somebody is to really put them in, in the place where you want them to experience the best things in life that you know, mm -hmm. and the things that bring you pleasure and understanding and awareness. And, and it's not always easy and it comes with the sacrifice. But again, I, I, I would say that if you, if you worked every single day and you earned the same thing every day, it would become bland. Yeah. Uh, I would, you're right. I mean, if we had perfect weather all the time, I, I would dare say it would be drab. You would, you would be jaded. You would mm -hmm. lose what's special about it. Mm -hmm. uh, 
thank heaven for seasons, even in Southern California where we barely get them. But yeah. <laughs> I can tell you, I, I, I love the fall and I love the beginning of spring. Yep. I those are my two favorite energy. also. Uh, spring and fall are my absolute two favorite seasons, uh, hands down. So you brought up Meryl Streep earlier and, uh, you know, we've talked about success. And as we are right in the middle of award season, which is a big deal for a lot of actors, directors, writers, uh, also the uh, television stations that make money from these awards. What do awards mean to you uh, in period? What do awards mean to you? Well, I, I, awards are um, milestones. Mm -hmm. Awards are markers in time. Awards are, uh, hey, you've had an achievement. My, my business partner is an amazing story of success to understand where she's come from and who she is and what she's achieved today uh, is very, very significant. But along the way, she's earned every bit of it. And mm -hmm. so every award or every bit of recognition is validation. It is validation of you're on a good path. Other people are recognizing your effort. Other people respect what you've achieved and they're acknowledging it as significant. So I believe awards are designed to support and to reinforce achievement and uh, effort. And it's saying, hey, you have done something that is extraordinary and you deserve a moment of being able to understand that we recognize you as a collective uh, uh, audience, if you will, and saying, this is something special, this is something important, and it stood, it stood apart. Now, does it always mean that you have to win like an award? Like that's a, that is a first amongst category is super interesting. Uh, whereas other achievements or other awards are just saying, Hey, I'm being recognized. And uh, I don't know about that. You know, I was thinking about like today, um, some people in the audience may know that Tom Brady uh, who had retired after mm -hmm. the prior football season has now reinstated himself and he's going to play again. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of go, wait a minute, you have a, a 19 gajillion dollars. You have a beautiful family. You have a wonderful life. You're, you're, you're a pretty clean cut guy overall. You seem to have very few skeletons in your closet. You're, you are the best at what you've done, period. And I can think also of the, the, the surfer Kelly Slater, another mm -hmm. person like that, just super full of achievement and philanthropic, by the way, helping many people. But they have this drive to achieve at the highest level. And I think that is a special gift. Um, I think that's rarefied air. Uh, I think there are people like that. I, I would argue to a degree, you know, someone super close to both of us, your husband is somebody like that. He's always mm -hmm. driven to, to improve and to grow and to, and to, and to make something different and, and just relentless. He's, I'm like, dude, do you ever just really relax? I mean, you know, <laughs> like, do you know how to do that? Uh, and so I would say, Awards have importance, uh, but in, in certain fields, you know, to achieve the very pinnacle, you kind of ask yourself, what, what causes somebody to go to go do that over and over and mm -hmm. over? And, and my argument would be, I think it's more about the satisfaction that they know they've taken the talent that's within inside of themselves and they've made it the most for the betterment of others besides themselves. Right. Oh, I love that so much. So we have, um, you know, talked a lot about 
positivity and, and growth and awards and, and light and spirit and all these things. But then there's also the other side of the coin when we're dealing with humanity, because there's also the ones that are come from a victim state at all times, or they blame, you know, others as to why they're not having success, or they have lack of accountability because they are not able to see that they have part in this and it's easier to blame how do you help somebody in that space that is not able to achieve success because they are too busy blaming their life their past their circumstances and cannot move forward well i mean that is uh that's an incredibly intimate question really because i think it requires uh a tremendous amount of empathy Mm -hmm. and sympathy and compassion and patience and willingness on the participant to enter that space because you really, you're going in there almost like a surgeon to perform some form of, uh, of extraction or even exorcism of that negative energy. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I was talking about, that alchemy. Can I take negative energy and make it positive energy? So I think it requires that individual, first of all, they have to be open. Mm-hmm. If, they're, if they're closed, then there's no entry space. We can't get to them. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, we're not going to be able to crack open somebody who is unwilling to exchange energy and thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. But I have found that when you're empathetic or sympathetic and you pair up or you bring yourself to their level, whether you're literally talking to a small child and you kneel down and look them in the eyes and speak calmly to shift the energy, or you're talking to a person who's just out of their mind with stress and anxieties and, and uh, panic and all depression. Uh, these are very real. I mean, my gosh, the medical profession today must sell billions and billions of dollars of mood-altering drugs to help people adjust to anxieties and fears and depressions, et cetera. And, uh, and, and at a very personal level, uh, I, I have that in my family. So sure, I'm same. very familiar with it. So I really... I think there is a moment of saying in in the ultimate test of servitude, can I bring myself down to that level? And down to that level is almost judgmental. So forgive me for that. But the idea of of saying, can I allow myself to relate and take on some of the pressure and take on some of the stress and take on some of the worry and share so that maybe I can peel away the layers of things that are there for that person to be able to feel related to Mm -hmm. and when they're related to maybe there's a little bit more of a trust a little bit more of a a willingness to start to exchange and start to uh, discover you know it's very painful when we discover our past it's very just it's our traumas or the things we're anxious about it's hard to want to do that because human psychology seems to want to do things for two different reasons one to either gain pleasure or to avoid pain Mm -hmm. but but to understand the the negativity i think is to understand the source of pain you know i think of heath ledger in the batman where he played the joker series which i think ultimately helped claim his life uh or i think of philip seymour hoffman i mean these are tremendous actors Mm -hmm. i mean true masters of their craft but I think they blurred lines between relating to these things and their identity prior to relating to these things. And I think if you anchor, that's part of the framework that we were talking about as a pillar, which is why that meditative process is so critical to be able to select and weed out certain thoughts so that they don't dominate or take over because they can. 
Yeah. Uh, if you meditate, if you meditate, you know, what is it? If you think about, you bring about, yeah, uh, it, it's powerful, but I believe in it completely. Yeah. And it's so true. And, you know, with those two actors that you spoke of, both Heath Ledger and um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, addiction is a thing, you know, and it's like when you are dealing with drug addiction, it is um, those demons can come and you know just completely take over and so i always encourage anybody out there that's dealing with addiction that has any problems with addiction to seek help there's places to get help whether it be uh, aa or na meeting therapy whatever you need to do but it's like you know because the i feel like because i've dealt with my own addiction and i've talked about that on this podcast is that those are the voices that can start screaming really loudly in my head that take over the voices that are my pure good light that I want to stay in, you know, and, and so that's why I just eliminated that from my life because it, it allowed me to not have, I wasn't in my own way per se. Uh, uh, completely understandable. I would argue that we could see the, the metaphor or the crossover between that and just even simple physicality. If I eat poorly, I'm going to have poor results in yes. my body. Right? Yes. And if I put bad thoughts in my head or I subject myself to that information, then I, I either have to have the tools to extract it or I have to suffer the consequences of having put that into my mental diet, um, which is why meditation, why processing, why going through these resetting mo moments or what I call framing, the beginning yeah. of the day and the end of the day yeah. and allowing my, myself to restore in sleep, which is what it's designed to do without the fears and anxieties. And how many times have we woken up in the middle of the night with unresolved business or unresolved problems or things that we haven't finished uh, because they are weighing in our psyches. Uh, I think it's important that people give themselves that self-help, that self-love to, to understand there is not a human being that doesn't labor or toil or suffer. And it doesn't matter what you see on your social media. Yeah. Trust me, somewhere, somebody, everybody poops, as I like to say. There's not one person who doesn't. And exactly. they all have that, right? Well, and, social and media that's... is just an illusion. It's the illusion that people want to put forth. You know, that's all it is. <laughs> It, it, it's a projection, right? Yeah. It's almost like an advertisement. It's not unlike the media manipulation that you get in a commercial. You see people and they're running through the pastures of the sun. And you're like, I want to run through the pastures of the sun. And I realize if I get a cup of Senka coffee, I can run through the pastures with the sun. Mm -hmm. Well, no, right? I actually have to go out to the field. I have to find the field. I have to have my cup of coffee. Then I start running through the sun. I mean, it's, it's an effort. It's just not going to magically appear, but you start to imprint these ideas and you start to think these thoughts. And that's why there's an idea of preparation that's so important so that you start to control those thoughts, right? So I think there's another element here, which is I believe competence creates confidence and mm -hmm. confidence transmits trust. And trust is what you're really trying to build with an audience, whether it's a sales of, a, of, a, of an estate or a home, or whether it is it's an acting job where you're trying to convey emotion. It is this idea that you have practiced your craft, you have made it such a part of yourself but in that making it part of yourself, you also have to do the restoration because mm -hmm. you'll find yourself filled with potentially toxicity, depending on what your role is. I can only yeah. imagine the dark. I think of the Joker and I think it's such a dark thing. Or uh, what was the one with uh, uh, the, 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 the talented Mr. Ripley? Like yeah. that, that, that's dark subject. Yeah. And it would be hard to extract yourself. So if you don't have those tools, it, it is difficult. Um, and anesthetizing them, unfortunately, I think really just creates a layer of masking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 It's so true. And, um, you know, as I'm looking at, we're at the 35 minute mark, so I will start wrapping it up because I always like to be 
you know, respectful of your time to the listeners time. And um, so are there any topics that, I mean, we could talk Shawnee Mac for six years and, you know, just keep philosophizing. However, we'll keep it, you know, to the shorter point. Are there any topics that you, you know, coming into this interview wanted to speak about um, specifically? Well, you know, I, I alluded to it earlier, and, and it's the philosophy, right? And, and the idea, if I could share anybody with anybody, I think you've touched on, on really what I consider the two most important pillars of things, period, that you contemplate in your life, the significance of your life. And I believe your significance is highlighted and illuminated and emboldened and, and is validated. Mm-hmm. in service to others. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. I think there's an idea of if you do something for the love of others, you can draw into a pool of strength, a flow of universal energy that will allow you to persevere through all the difficulty. So I think there is a, a tuning fork towards the message of love. And I think one of the greatest expressions of love, which is in my heart of hearts in its purest form, unconditional, is servitude. And it's learning to love the unlovable. And mm-hmm. that includes, and that includes ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and when we can do that, we start to make little positive changes in the universe around us. And in, a, in whatever sphere that you have, it's the butterfly wings in the Amazon. It flaps here, but it's a hurricane somewhere else, and you have no idea what the ripple effect of your actions can be. So I would recommend the idea of practicing kindness and kindness for yourself, and kindness in turn for others. It's not about gratification because if you ate that chocolate sundae every day, it would stop being so, so special. But if you had one once in a great while and you shared one with others and you saw the smiles on their face, wouldn't that be a great way of creating positive energy? Mm. And, and then I think the other idea is really helping the narrative in the world we live in today to really honor being on time, which is self-sacrifice, right? Being where you are supposed to be mm-hmm. in, in time, present in the moment, all the time with the idea knowing that that's not necessarily achievable but it is a wonderful goal to always be striving towards so that you are, you know, where you're supposed to be, as you said, you would be doing what you're supposed to do present and fulfilled using your talents and your focus and your ability to the best of their, of your, uh, of your ability and doing it as many times as possible. That, that to me, talking to you, because Amber, I see you as a living example of this philosophy. I see you as a person who has gone in and done amazing work and uncomfortable, difficult, hard, humiliating, stressful work, but Mm -hmm. also has been able to have great joys and successes and achievements. I mean, if I could dare say anybody who really took the idea of imagine it, you could create it, you'd be that one of those people that I do take inspiration from. So, and I say that because I believe that from what we've experienced in our own lives, which I think there are some parallels, Hmm. believe me, there have been some dark spaces and some Mm -hmm. hard problems and some difficulties, but by determination and focus and effort, we have now created a life that I think is incredibly abundant. And in that abundance, I believe we can perpetuate abundance in others. Oh, I love that so much. And one of the things you made me think of is you were talking so kindly, thank you about, you know, me and my achievements or my, you know, the way that I'm doing life. Uh, one of the things that I always think to myself is expect it to happen and expect it to be easy. And that doesn't mean that it always happens. And it doesn't mean that it's always easy. But if I go into any endeavor expecting it, 
it lightens everything. Yes, because if yes. I go into it and go, oh my God, this is 10 page monologue. This is going to be so hard. Great. Well, I'm going to start off at the bottom of the barrel, you know? So it's like, if I go, yeah. okay, I'm going to expect this to be great. And I'm going to expect that this is going to be easy. I got this. And like, I the, love that framework. the more I can be confident before I start something, the better off I am. And like I said, doesn't always turn out the way I want it to, but at least I start off with a good, you know, mindset. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And to your point, it doesn't become, you know, what's that, the journey it begins with one step or yeah. that kind of idea and, and yeah. it's one step after another and you've gone a mile. And this, that is the reason these are cliches and these are sayings and these are axioms for life. And I think framing it with the idea of expect it uh, to be easy allows it to, for the specter of difficulty, because it's not always going to be, right. it's going to be excellent, right? But yeah. you at least are not starting behind a 10,000 pound boulder. You're yes. Like, oh, of fear. Right. <laughs> of fear. Of fear. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'll, I will close with this one last thought, and this is something that just brings my heart so much joy. And that is that you and I have known each other now for 18 years almost. And wow. you and I don't necessarily have the same religious backgrounds or necessarily the same political beliefs at all time, but we have one common ground and that is love. And that is where I know you come from. And that is where I know I come from. And, you know, when I spoke of the successes of your children and your wife and your family, you know, those were just the achievements they have made. I failed to say what great people they are. Like you are all like anybody that is hearing your voice, they can get a sense that you are a light worker, that you come from the light and that you try to do good for the world. And that is like such an extension of who these people are in your life, in your life, your wife, I adore your children are such good human beings. So congratulations on a life Thank well you. lived, Mr. Shawnee McMillan. Well, I've got a lot more. I just actually sent you a poem uh, in a life remembrance that I was at on Saturday, uh, and uh, the, the man's son eulogized him with a poem by George Bernard Shaw, and it is really uh, something that I find a great field of inspiration with, and and I really, I'll, I'll, I'll leave my thought if if you can allow me yes. to read the poem, please. Uh, um, this is the true joy in life, being used for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one being a force of nature instead of a feverish, little, selfish clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole community. And as long as I live it, it is my privilege to do so for, for it, whatever I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die. For the harder I work, the more I live. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle to me. It is a sort of splendid torch, which I have got hold of for the moment. And I want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it on to future generations. Mm. I think that's a pretty powerful poem. I it have it. Sure I sent it to you. I it sure it to you. is. It. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. It's just, it's literally, it's like, it, it is, it is, it is honoring this life that is a gift that we've been given to its fullest and not taking a moment for granted and allowing that to be the example to people that that see us to say that oh that is somebody that walks in the light that steps into the light doesn't mean we don't have dark and we don't have bad moments but that's not the the thread by which we we lead with you know it's like that is not our go-to is the dark our go-to is the light and and oh Shawnee Mac, thank you for this time thank you for your perseverance in getting this uh connection because we did have <laughs> some technical 
difficulties. I close every episode by saying, if nobody else tells you today, I believe in you. Go create some miracles and always believe that you can. I'll talk to you soon. Much love, Amber. Bye-bye.